in a dark world filled with deceit. One united voice is crying out. Revealing the truth of God's word. It's time to expose the hidden truth. And unravel the lies. While we're living in Satan's little season. With Sister Crystal and Brother Phil. Welcome to Living in Satan's Little Season show. We're your hosts. Sister Crystal. Brother Phil. Topic today, part two, New Earth. And uh, we're just going to go into a little bit more on New Earth. But this time we're going to talk a little bit more on the Revelation side. Because last last time we talked more on the of course the idea of Isaiah what he talked about New Earth how it, all the descriptions it gives on there now we're going to go over Revelation and talk about what it kind of says over there right now we're going to start here in Revelation twenty one okay because that's the very first really place it mentions New Earth here and of course it talks about both old Earth and New Earth in this passage of scripture right okay? so we're going to start with Revelation twenty one verse one which was a very controversial <laughs> passage of scripture that I finally weeded out and figured out what it really meant. Took me a while, but I got there. Right. And so we're going to go over that. We'll read that one verse and then I'll explain to you kind of what happened and a little bit more of my train of thought on that one. Go ahead and read that, that one verse. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Okay, and we're not going to get fooled about passed away anymore. That word does not mean death, destruction, gone, annihilated. Nope, doesn't mean any of those things. We and they, they, That fooled me for so long until I looked it up, figured right. out, oh, no, 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 that, that doesn't mean <laughs> what we think it means, folks. Right. New heaven, new earth. For the first heaven, that's why I call it, called the first earth, the ones we're living on right now, the, the word first in Greek is proto. That's where we get the word right. prototype. You right. Know? Well, the word prototype comes from this idea, it's a first type of something, and that's where it's the Greek word for proto is first. Right. So, again, it, it's proto is the Greek word for first, and so that's why I call it this earth that we're living on proto-earth, because we're living on the first earth. Right. I guess you could say it's like the prototype of Earth, but we're still around. It's still kicking. It's still going strong. <laughs> of course, you know we know that sin and you know wickedness is running this exactly. joint. Right. But we're still here, and we'll, we're going to endure to the end to make it to that next to that new Earth. Right. Of course, this Earth hasn't passed away. It just John went to the other one, mm -hmm. went from this one to the other one. And, of course, this is what he saw in his vision. This earth isn't gone. No way, shape, and form. But now the new earth showed up. Right. And so that's where everybody went. That Anybody who's anybody wants to go there. Right. But, you know, we don't want to stick around at this one. I, You know, and the re I think the reason why this, this place is so 
run by the demons is because this is the only thing they got. They don't right. have any chance for the new earth. Right. But see, we this is our hope. We have a chance for something way better. But they're going to try to drag all of us down because they don't have a hope for living on new earth. When we that, That's the hope that we have. Right. Living on a paradise world. As, as basically we saw Isaiah describes it. It's a world of, it's new. It's like pre-flood. It's paradise over there. The demons and the wicked people running this world want us to stick around here. Want this world, us, us to put down stakes in this world. No, 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 no. I'm not going to fall for that one. No. No, no, no. No way. They've hitched their wagon to this former earth. We're, we're looking forward to the, the next one. The, well, the, the demons were cast here as a right. punishment for their... their and that, and that was this is their punishment. So come down here. Now, we're sharing in their punishment because they're, 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 they took over the joint, obviously. Right. So, you know, obviously, they're just running a place like a well-oiled machine and not one that we want to be in. You know, we're stuck here to endure to the end, and so we're going to do that. To of course, live our lives to honor and glorify God. Right. And to show and him and the evil around us that we're not going to give in to any of their nonsense. We're going to serve God and hope for a eternity. Well, the first description I think it gives here on this new earth, which is great, is it doesn't have any more ocean. Oceans aren't needed anymore because we don't need an ocean now. The new earth doesn't need no ocean because you can't live on an ocean. Right. You don't live on land, right? So it's just going to be all land, apparently. Mostly land, no ocean, no more sea. That's great. Okay, so go ahead and read the next verse there in Revelation chapter 21, verse 2. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of the heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Again, the new Jerusalem came down out of heaven to earth mm -hmm. on, unfortunately, the new earth, not on this one. Okay, so, <laughs> you know, we're not going to see some math. And this, and we're going to have a show on how, it, actually, the Bible gives dimensions on how big this city is. Right. And it's huge. And we're going to talk about that in another show, maybe our new Jerusalem show that we're going to have maybe another day point is is this city came down out of heaven we missed all this but that's great because that means right away we don't have to wait for the city to come down it's going to be right. available ready for us right when we um it, when we endure to the end of this life so right. it's going to be awesome god is making his tabernacle with men in right. other words before you know there was a separation in the garden of eden right right remember we all remember that story remember adam and eve they screwed up They're, that that's basically what death is they right. separated from God because of their sin. Their choices, right. Yeah, their sin caused a separation. Right. And so what's going to happen here is this is a coming back together. This new earth is God's way of, of reunifying himself with us, his creation. Right. And this is what we see here. The tabernacle of God is now with men. Before, you know, it had to be separated up there because of our sin. Now... No more separation needed. Amen. We're going to be unified together because now we're living according to the Spirit. We got new. We're immortals now. We don't. We don't do the things. The te we don't have the temptations of this world and this life that's dragging us down constantly. Right. The flesh isn't isn't something that's going to drag us down like what we see 
in this world. Then in the next one, obviously, that's why God can. Hey, I can. My tabernacles can be with men now. Right. Okay? When before, all the way through human history, since the fall of man, it couldn't be that way. There was a separation there. So that's why we don't ever want to go through the second death because everyone else that's doesn't choose God, they are they're not going to be in that tabernacle of God because they chose to be on the outside. They rejected God. Right. Only the people that don't reject God, that are his people, that'll be us, are going to be there, unified with God, dwelling with him. God comes down here to earth, or at least the new earth. It's not us that goes up to heaven like most people in these days believe. Right. That's why nobody's thinking this way. That's why it's hard to get people to think in a way that, no, no, we're not going to heaven, folks. We're, it's God's going to come down here to new earth. Right. Of course, this is a new earth. This is old earth that we're living right. on. But when we go to new earth, that's where he's going to come down and he's going to dwell with man at. So it's a reunification of God to... It's a reconciliation Yeah, to a God. reconciliation. You know, Pandora's box was opened when the sin came into the world and now it's it, it's all going to come back together. That's right. What, that's, that's why Christ's work on the cross was so important. Amen. To reunify us with God once again so that we can, again, the tabernacle of God could be with man... This is a reunification. Awesome. Okay, yeah. let's go ahead and read verse 4 there. Revelation chapter 21. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Okay, we're not going to get fooled by that passed away anymore, are no. we? We know what that word means now. It means it's it's in the it's in the past. It's 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 in in the previous world. It's not in this new one now. Well, former meaning yeah. it still exists, <laughs> but it's not in your immediate um, presence. Right. So again, this description here, no more tear. This is the same exact description essentially that Isaiah gives. Right? right. And we talked about that in the previous show. No more crying. No more tears. But here it says no more death. But if you look at the Isaiah passage, it does describe a little bit of death going on there, but people living long lifespans. Mm -hmm. I think the way I, I, the way it explains that is because there are mortals and immortals living mm -hmm. on the new earth. Of course, no more sor crying or sorrow. That's also described on in in Isaiah right. as well. No more crying or no more sorrow going on, and so, because it's all going to be great. Where this is this is why we're, we're not going to. The previous things aren't going to be remembered anymore. We're not going to have any more pain for the former things. It's not that they've died. It's just that they're in our past. Right. They're away from us in that old earth now, like what we have now. The pain that we suffer in this right. earth right now is real. That's how you know that we're not on new earth now. We're not on new earth because we have pain and suffering in this world. The former things have passed away. In other words, we've gone away from the old earth that had all that stuff, right. and they went to the new place the way better place that doesn't have any of that pain and stuff. It's not in their immediate presence, that former lifestyle or former life. Right. Mm -hmm. We're going to a place of no more pain and suffering. Right. Like, and that's great because this life is all full of that. So that's how you know. But again, passed away. We aren't going to get fooled by that <laughs> phrase no more. We yeah. know what that one means now. It doesn't mean death, died, destroyed, all that. It, it just means that it's right. gone. It, it, it's We've moved past it. That's it's, what it means. It's not in our immediate presence. Yeah. it's it, We've gone beyond it. That's what it means. It's former. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's, that's why you got you got to check these translators out there because they do not always translate words very carefully, at least ways that we need we understand them. So. Well, and our language kind of evolves, and when it does that, it kind of messes up some of the verbiage. 
that yeah, we think. Yeah, but I still think they could have translated it better, knowing that the, the, these phrases have changed terms and what people think they mean. Right. And that's why I do partially blame these translators. I, I will continue to do that. And I will bring this to people's attention, and that's what my show is all about. I bring these things to your attention and go, okay, we're not going to get fooled by these words and that well, words. As readers, we need to be studying the words so we don't fall into any verbal or set dogma of how language is used. Because that's really what it is. Language is used in different ways, and so we we can construe it to mean a certain thing when it doesn't even mean that. Exactly. Go ahead and read verse 5 there on that one. Then... He who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. And he who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be... It says the water of life is going to be given freely. Everyone who thirsts. In other words, there's not going to be like a, oh, well, we're going to give it to certain people, we're not going to give it to other scenario. No, it looks like it's going to be, it, everything's going to be freely received, freely given. Just kind of like what I do with my... Sh Everyone on this world should be doing the same thing. See, that's right. the problem that we live in our society today. Everybody's so money hungry. Everybody just wants to, oh, we'll sell everything that they have. Nothing is truly a gift anymore, almost. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I want. I want the show to be a gift to the world and to say, listen, I'm going to put this show out there. Everyone can listen to it. I don't really need your money, your finances, all that stuff. Right. God provides all that according to his riches. I just want to just get this word out. Let people know what's going on. Right. And that's what the next world is going to be like. It's going to be all about just freely receive, freely give. And this is what this world should be like. Right. And this is what, why I'm. It, it, all we can do is set the example. Okay, that's, that's what the what next world is going to be like. Let's set the example in this world. Right. Do things for your neighbor for free. Serve one another for free. Our society is so entrenched on earning money and everything else. Life is more important than all that stuff. Right. And that's why I say the fountain of life will be freely to those who thirst. Mm -hmm. But there's a condition right. to everything in this world. And there are the conditions mentioned there. He who overcomes is going to inherit. But see, that's why I'm saying you have to be an overcomer. In order to get to the new earth from this one, you've got to overcome the obstacles, the wickedness, the, the, the depravity of this world, the deception that's yes, going on. I, I mean, say. the deception is so deep right now. Yes. It's just in every level of our society and culture, it's all over the place. It's lies. That's what it is. They're lies. Lies of the devil. Yes. And devil's not even around anymore, but it's still his lies that they're right. using. They're using his playbook now. These demons that are running this world into the ground, they're just saying, hey, it worked pretty well for the devil. Let's just keep, let's just keep this going. Right. That's what they're doing now. These these uh, demons that are running this world into the ground right now, they are convincing people. That's why we have to overcome. In order to inherit, to be inheritors, we've got to overcome the wickedness and deception of this world. And, it, and he says, and I will be their God and they shall be my son. Right. So we're going to be sons of God. This is what we are. I'm not going to really talk about it in this show, but I might have another show talking about, our, it looks like at our resurrection we may be all males. <laughs> I, I, I said this before in church, 
And I, I literally might have blown somebody's mind when I said this. <laughs> mine. Because the idea there is it's always described, we're always described in a resurrected state as being sons of God. Right. Not sons and daughters of God. But see, it might not be, well, of course, there's not going to be any marriage well, in the next world among the immortals. Right. So it's very possible we could be, you know, that this world is designed to be male, female, in order to complement one another so that we learn about God in certain ways, but in the next world we won't need any of that, so we'll be a complete package. Right. Yeah. I think God's designed us that th a certain way in this life, in this world that we live in, different than what the way we're going to get our immortality in the next world. Right. That we'll be both male and female. We'll have we'll be the total package. We won't be like not, a lot of times males need females and females need males and we, we're like codependent on each other but in the next world we won't need any of that well we'll god all, will be yeah. what we need and yeah. that's all that we'll need yeah right? that's why the angels are all male because they're right in god's glory and is mm -hmm. all the time and i think that's kind of the way we're going to be as well and but i don't want you to think that we're going to be like some kind of a weird freak of nature <laughs> we're just no we're going to be a complete right now god didn't design us not incomplete he just designed us to need one another because that's how procreation works and all. Right. But in the next world, we won't need each other in that way, as in a sexual way, because all we'll need, all we'll have is God, and we'll be, we will just be completely reliant upon. Well, him. the other idea about that is that we need each other, and the angels need God. But if we're in the presence of God, all we're going to need is God. So there's no need for the gender specific i think you're right i think we're going to be completely whole yeah we're going to be god is what we're going to yeah. need and that's all that we're going to need we're not going to need the affection or the you know i think we're going to have each other to see i think we'll probably be able to recognize each other possibly in our glorified bodies but not necessarily needing god will be all that we need is what I yeah think. i mean i've stated this before I, I saw some indications even on revelation chapter 20 where it says they'll be priests of God right. and Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. I'm like, well, wait a minute now. All the priests in the Bible were always male. And I'm like thinking to myself, how's that going to work with all the females that, that you know survived and made it through and, and the, to the first resurrection? And now that makes total sense that there's not going to be this male-female scenario that we have today. The gender war won't be happening like right. what we see today in, in the next world. And so, yeah, it'll be a completely different different lifestyle well but i think the necessity is that we're all going to need god and have him readily available and that's why we're not going to need a specific type of physiology let's go ahead and read the last verse there in revelation chapter 21 verse 8 there but the cowardly unbelieving abominable murderers sexually immoral sorcerers idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Okay, we've talked a little bit about this before yeah. in our previous Lake of Fire show. That this Lake of Fire seems to be the place where essentially all uh, some people go. But it says, uh, but we know it's not a consuming fire. Right. We, we talked about this that the devil and uh, of course the false prophet and the beast are there. They're tormented in there, but it's not they're, they're not tortured. We right, already right, discussed right. all that. Of course, but people will be going there. Now, how that all works or what, what kind of a fire that is, maybe it's not a consuming fire. I don't understand it all exactly. But again, this is called the second death because it's, we know what death means. Right, separation. 
death means separation. Right. See, everyone goes through the first separation. That's when we our bodies right. and our spirits separate from another at, at what we call when we die. Right. Physically die in this world. Everyone goes through that death. Right. Okay. We all are going to have to endure that. We just don't want to have to do it to go through the second death, which is a second separation from God. See, because these people are not going to be, as a description before, remember, they're not going to be in Jerusalem where the tabernacle of God is, is, is there. Right. See, they're separated from being in the tabernacle. Right. See, and this is what happens to everyone who, and the cowardly, the, and it describes who they are, the cowardly. The unbelieving, the people who aren't believers, the abominable, murderers, the, the sexually immoral. That's a big one in our society. Mm -hmm. Sexual, I, as a matter of fact, I think we're going to do a show on sexual immorality. Right. What I call the devil's favorite, the Satan's favorite sin, which is sexual immorality. It's all over the place, and it's because it will. It is a right. sin. Oh yes. That casts us into the second death. And, you know, this is what they're trying to get us. You it know? trips a lot of people up. It trips a lot of people. Like people think that, oh, it's it's sexual immorality is a huge one. Of course, now we have a show on sorcery. Yes. Talked about that. That one's another huge one. Idolatry is a huge one in our society yes. because everybody's all money hungry. And, and it's, it, it says covetousness in the Bible is idolatry. Right. And how many people are covetous for money? And that is a form of idolatry in our society. Right. Again, all these things, and of course, liars, people who don't tell the truth, shall have their part in the lake, which right. burns okay, with brimstone. fire and brimstone, okay, right. which is the second death. And in other words, this is a place outside of New Jerusalem. Well, we don't know where the lake of fire is exactly. We don't know where exactly it is, but we know it's not in New Jerusalem. It's somewhere outside. Right. I believe it's the same place that Jesus is talking about where Gehenna. I believe that is the Gehenna fire. I believe that's pretty much what, the way he was describing it there when he talked about was mostly described as hell. But this it isn't really hell like we think of. It's a place that's the second separation from Trash God. Trash heap. Yeah. It's a place that we're not going to get peace and harmony like we are in New Jerusalem. Right. That's why we, you know, we got to be careful. We got to be on our guard and we got to do what's right. I'm just letting people know this because, you know, there are, most people are living some form of, you know, again, the, the thing that we're dealing with right now in our society is cowardice. I remember when COVID came out. I, I think all of us were there in 2020, just a few years ago now. Mm -hmm. What a nightmare that year was. I mean, so many people were so cowardice of, oh, I'm so afraid. And again, why be? A, there's no why we need to have fear when the Lord is on our side. I couldn't understand the, the hyper fear that people were having. I'm like, don't they believe, have any faith in God? What happened to people's faith? What? Why are people so cowardice? Of something that can't even supposedly be seen. Well, it's because they're not perfected in the love of God. And they're allowing the fear of this world or the devil to control them. Right. We don't need to be cowards because that's one of the people that are going to be cast into the lake of fire. Right. Brimstone, which means the second separation from God. It's, it's bad enough we had to go through the first separation. We do not have to go through the second separation at all, ever. All about choices. It's all about the choices that we make. And this is why I'm just putting the word out there. I want everyone to just be faithful and true, have be bold. No, we don't want cowards. God doesn't want cowards in the kingdom of God, yes, folks. Courage. Right. Courage. Of course, a lot of people won't believe. We look at all these things. In verse 6 of Revelation chapter 21, we just read it not too long ago. 
And he said to me, it's done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. There's a reason why I trust this Greek Bible that I focus and most of my research is done on. Jesus declares he is the Alpha and the Omega. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I want to do a quick little thing on this because we all know John 1.1. 1, 1. Right. You want to read John 1.1 1, 1 really quick? Yes. Because John 1.1 1, 1 tells Jesus, de- John declares who Jesus is. Right. Okay, go ahead and read okay. that one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, Jesus is declared in the Bible as being the Word. And here in Revelation chapter 21, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. That's the Greek alphabet. Right. The letters of the Greek alphabet. That's the letters of the Greek alphabet there. We know he's declared as being the Word, and here he declares himself. But this isn't if this was the only place he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, I might be a little skeptical on this. But there's other places in the book of Revelation, he yes. declares the same thing. Yes. Let's go ahead and read Revelation chapter 1, verse 8 there. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. There he declares it again, the beginning of this letter to all these, right. all these churches there. He is the Alpha and the Omega. I don't know how much bigger of a... This is why I only trust these Greek Bibles, folks. Mm. I'm telling you, this is why he doesn't use the Hebrew words, the Hebrew Bible, the Hebrew letters. He uses these Greek letters. Why is he doing this? He's telling us something here, folks. Right. This is why I only trust these Greek Bibles, because this Septuagint version, I believe, is his preserved word. And he's essentially telling us this. Well, and he only quoted from the Septuagint anyway. Yeah. Matter of fact, every time I read the Septuagint and then you read, you, then you read any place in the New Testament, it's the same, same thing. But even then, later on in Revelation chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, go ahead and read that. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. Okay, so again, he says, states it right there. He declares himself. Mm. How much bigger of a hint can you get? What is he, he's telling us to read this Greek Bible. And no one, this is, this is the third place. We read it here in Revelation chapter 21. Right. And two places here. But there's a, th- there's a fourth place in the very last chapter of your entire Bible. I don't know how much bigger of a hint this could be. And this is why I only trust these Greek Bibles, folks. Okay, people ask us, why, why, why do you believe this? Is, not only do, you, I, do, do I notice all the inconsistencies of these, uh, of these non-Greek Bibles, right. but then Jesus declares himself being the Alpha and the Omega. I don't know how much bigger of a hit this is. Go ahead and read Revelation, Revelation chapter 22. He says it again, a fourth time. <laughs> okay, verse 12 and 13. Go ahead and read that. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Okay, I mean, this is why people ask me, why am I using the Greek Bible? This is why. This is why I use it, because Jesus declares he is the Word. We know he's the Word, and he declares big Alpha the Omega, which right. is the Greek word. 
Right. Okay, he's giving us a hint here on what to use as our source material, our source Bibles. Christians need to start acting this way and start using this Bible, and then they'll figure out all the stuff I'm figuring out. I seem like I'm the only one figuring out all this stuff. It's not that I'm anything special. It's I'm using the Bible that Jesus says, I, I, let, let, let me give you a hint of what Bible to use. <laughs> well, That's why I'm figuring it out. Well, I love that, because who doesn't remember reading that? And then it just kind of clicks. Sometimes it's like, why didn't we catch that the first time, first ten times we read that? But it's so beautiful because he is stating not once, not twice, but four times. It's redundant. So God yep. likes to repeat himself through his word so we get the idea. But it's beautiful because he's verbally saying a physical message. He is the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. It's so beautiful because not only That's is right. the Greek language that you feel like that's been protected and... It's God's preserved, preserved word. That's what word, I call it. Right. Because I believe that's the reason why he brought the Greeks in. Right. And Jesus declares, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, which is the Greek alphabet. Right. And he's the word, which we know he is, according to John 1. Exactly. 1. I, I just, it doesn't take a mathematician to figure out you know, what, what he's saying here. He's telling us what Bible to use. He's endorsing a certain Bible. <laughs> I don't know how much bigger of an endorsement this could be. Well, I think he wants to be us to understand, to be clear, that this is where it's at. This is the truth. And the truth is, it's not just that he's the beginning and the end, but it's the idea that it starts with him. And I found it to be so much more accurate on everything I've tested from all the quotations of the New Testament. I tracked it back using the... The, the Hebrew Bibles, and then I look at the Greek Bibles. The Greek Bibles are always way more accurate. And I'm like, mm. okay, I, I don't need to go to these Hebrew Bibles no more because all they are is leading people astray. Yeah. And that's what I've discovered. I, I'm, I've been able to unlock all these mysteries of the Bible very easily right. and quickly just by go, using these Greek Bibles. Well, it's very interesting you say that because there is a huge push right now for people to study the Hebrew language. For people to study yep. um, the yep. Hebrew and, and people are, you know, pushing, oh, this is what it says in Hebrew. But why are we so big on pushing that agenda right now when it's the Greek that Jesus even stated several times and even here and then that he quoted always from the Greek um, whenever he read the scriptures or he spoke about it. It's just sad that we're getting caught up in this other nonsensical agenda of we need Hebrew. Right, and so that's why I only use, I figured it out. I'm like, wait a minute, Jesus and the apostles endorsed this Greek Bible. Right. And all their, all their quotations seem to match right up with this, these Greek Bibles. And then you look at the Hebrew Bible, they don't match up. I'm like, okay, well, wait a minute now, why aren't they matching up? And then all of a sudden, Jesus declares this in Revelation. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I don't have to figure this out anymore. I pretty much know what Jesus is saying now. He's telling us to use these Greek Bibles now because he's the word and he's telling us what word to use in one way, shape, or form. Not a surprise, not a shock. Really easy. <laughs> so all I'm saying is all we got to do is just follow the endorsement that Jesus has given right. to don't us. Don't be fooled. You know, don't think just because, okay. you know, um, that, you know, the Hebrew language was there or that the people, you know, they were the Israel, our chosen people. It's anyone who believes in the name of Jesus and that he died on the cross. It's it's not someone because of where your your authenticity is from or where you know where you are. It's you gotta believe in Jesus. He is the Alpha and the Omega. I would never have figured out all this stuff with these two earths 
and what I teach here with, with, with this, if I wasn't going with the Greek Bibles and studying this thing and figuring out, man, everything matches up. This is the way it is. This is how I figured it out, mm. folks. I figured it out because I'm, I focus only on using these Greek Bibles as opposed to these Hebrew Bibles that almost every one of these theologians is using, and they're not figuring anything out. Matter of fact, they're more confused than ever, and that's uh, to me a, a satanic deception. It is. It really it, this is. This is a satanic deception, to, and it's, it's designed to confuse everyone into, into using these other Bibles that they'll never be able to figure out what's going on. It's a perfect plan that, that, that these satanic forces are used. And the other idea is that they get so attached to those versions of the Bible and to what they're teaching that their minds are so closed that they can't even be opened to hearing a truth. And I think that's really what I've noticed in all of the shows we've yep. been doing. If you really want to know the truth, you really are a seeker of the truth, as we've stated plenty of episodes before, you have to have an open mind. You have to be able to reconcile what is the truth that is being, you know, maybe spoken about that you may not have been exposed to before. And you're having a hard time, which one should I hold on to? What I've believed for years, but it's false. Or what is, I'm learning now, and this is the truth, and I have to let go of what I thought was the truth. That's really hard, and that's humbling. And we get it, because we've had to do that so many times. But I think God wants us to recognize the truth, recognize in his word what is the truth, and to accept it regardless of our, our biases and our preconceived notions. We don't need to be living in... Uh, a deceptive world or a deceptive truth. We need to be living in God's truth and in what Jesus says is truth. He is the truth. And the only way to God is through the Son. Right. We've got to follow Christ. Exactly. No matter what we do. And we know how to follow him now. We know what his word is. He gives us all the hints we need in our Bible. That's why I just I just follow the breadcrumbs, folks. That's all I do. <laughs> I all that. I pretty much do is follow breadcrumbs constantly that's given us in our Bibles. It's really simple. And you can come to the if you have an open mind and an open heart and yes. willing to learn, you can, you can get all the everything that I stated in the show is not that difficult to understand. Follow the breadcrumbs; it's really super simple. Well, I think it's really important to shake off all the lies that we've been encumbered with. That's really what has happened in our society. We've been predicated lies upon us in the churches and in the the certain versions of the Bible that we read, and we're all believing those lies. But if you really want to walk in newness of life and openness of heart to receive the truth from God. You have to be humble. You have to be willing to say, okay, I was believing a lie, and I don't want this in my life anymore. I want to live the truth. I want to live rightly. I want to be obedient to God. I want to honor Him. And His Word is the truth. Now, is this the Word the corrupted Word, or the Word that was uncorrupted, that was preserved, and that He made sure it was preserved? I think that's beautiful. When you talk about that, just such an amazing thing to see that God protected this word because he wanted us to know it and he wanted us to walk in it and to have faith in it. That's beautiful. That was the whole point of bringing the Greeks in to begin with. I mean, there was really no other purpose for why, the, why the Greeks took over after the Persians is because God wanted to preserve his word in the Greek language. I believe that he actually had the prophets translate every one of the Hebrew Bibles under inspiration of the Holy Spirit into Greek. Wow. Because they were all prophets. I believe that's what the prophets were doing during that intertestamental period. And so then what happens is when you come out and Christ is out there, this Greek Bible is all over the place, completely inspired word of God, 
because it was done by it was translated by the prophets right. as opposed to just being some translators that translated i believe it was prophets that translated it. Right. okay so that means it's inspired it's not a translation of a translation it's inspired by god in the greek language preserved for all time and we just got to start using that bible right that's what i think happened and i think that the hebrew bibles actually i believe all got destroyed and because they don't really have any, I believe they. Don't, I really believe the abomination of desolation destroyed all these Greek mm. Hebrew Bibles. I, I, I believe that they just recreated these from the he, the Greek Bibles, and they pretended like, oh, these are the originals. But I think that they all they all got destroyed. Right. And, I, and that's just my own opinion. I think that there's just too many inconsistencies with these Hebrew Bibles, and I just find the, 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 a lot of problems with them but anyway you know we're living in satan this is the more proof that we're living in satan's little season <laughs> not only because it's right there in our bibles the greek bibles of course yeah but it's the only truth that matters join or contact us at satanslowseason.org This is a non-copyright, living in Satan's little season production.